first, I got a confession to make. You know, good Anglicans and Christians are supposed to fast on holy days. And I confess, I went to the hot dog stand today. I was just thinking of a chili dog all day long. And I went over there and I was just going to get one. But then I got there and I said, well, I'm not getting all the works on. I'm just, maybe I'll have two. And then I got there and they said, sir, today's a special day at the hot dog stand. You get a third one for free. <laughs> and um, I ate the first one and went down just like a butterman, just threw it right on down. The second one called my name, ate that quickly, and I said, I'm just going to keep the third one for Archbishop Ben. But on the drive home, it also called my name, and I, <laughs> I wasn't even hungry, but I ate it, and it was so delicious. And then I've been in pain since. So I just confess to you I'm not a very uh, good fasting Christian today, but during Lent, we have another opportunity, won't we, Bishop? We will. Jesus said, beware of practicing, of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who's in heaven. Beware of practicing your righteousness before men or before other people to be seen by them, uh, because if you do, you'll have no reward from your Father who's in heaven. Let me share a story some of you have heard. I went to the airport one day not long ago, and I pulled up in that quick parking place. Again, I, I see a rule and always lean over it. And the rule says, you know, you're going to park here like two or three minutes. But I was getting the Archbishop, Foley Beach, our Archbishop. And I thought, well, I don't think anybody would mind if I just stay there a few extra minutes. And I pull up into the little parking place, and I start to walk into the airport to get Archbishop Foley Beach. And as I go in there, there's a, a, an Asian man I'd never seen him before. And I hear this loud noise. He's, he's screaming at the top of his lungs. I'm like, whoa, what's going on with this guy? And as I go over there, walk closer to him, I see he's crying his eyes out. And I stood there for just a minute, like, do I talk to this man or do I not talk to him? And I felt like the Lord said, no, no, you go, you go. So I went up to him, and I said, sir, and there were some language challenges, but I said, sir, what, what's the matter? Or no I, said, no, I said, sir, are you okay? This is the dumbest thing you could ever say, right? Counselor, it's the dumbest thing. Are you okay? No, no, I'm great. I'm crying my eyes out. <laughs> and then the man said something I didn't expect. He said, no, I'm not okay. Tears coming out of his eyes. I just got a call. My wife died in her sleep. And so then, could I, would you mind if I prayed for you? And so I went, and I wasn't doing it for any reason other than this man was bawling his eyes out. I wanted to pray for him. And so I went up, and I started praying for this man. It was during the time of COVID. And I said, would you mind if I touch you on the shoulder? He said, no, please. And so we pray, we pray. He's bawling, he's crying. God's meeting this man. Amazing that the Lord would do that. And so that part was great. So then I go up to the airport finally and give the man my card and give him my numbers if you need anything, if you want me to, you know, I'm a pastor, I can help you. And so I go to get our Archbishop Foley Beach. And I go up there and uh, he's coming. And, and I was thinking, oh, sorry, he wasn't there at first. He wasn't there at first. I said, well, maybe I'll go back down and spend some more time with that man. And I was thinking, what if Archbishop comes down and catches me praying with this man? You guys, what's wrong with me? I did this thing honestly because of Jesus, because I was drawn in love to him. But then it's like the, like the devil entered me. And I wanted the Archbishop to catch me in the act of praying for some man who was bawling his eyes out after just losing his wife. That is the spirit of a Pharisee. 
That's exactly what Jesus is talking about when he says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Then you'll have no reward from your Father who's in heaven. We go into our text, and I don't know if you have your Bible, if you have a Bible app, we're in Matthew 6. And it goes on, and Jesus really addresses, uh, let's see, prayer, fasting, treasures. Yeah, really three things. And things that we actually do during, do during Lent. We're going to pray. We always pray. Christians pray. Jesus said, my house is a house of prayer. But uh, Lent is a time where we specifically set aside time with the Lord and for the Lord. In addition to what we may normally do. Like we step it up. Like we, we're like, Lord, search me and try me. See if there's any harmful way in me, which there is, and then lead me in your everlasting way. And so Jesus says that's when you give to the needy. So the first thing is giving. The first thing is giving. When you give. We all give. We give. People give. God's put it in our heart to be like him and to be givers. He says, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. When you give, give to the, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do, so that they may be praised by others. Now, a lot of people use this verse and go like, Pastor, my giving's between me and the Lord. And you know what? In one sense, they're right. They're right. It is between them and the Lord. They're not going to answer to me. They're not going to answer to Tim or Brian or Barbara or Will. How you handle the Lord's resources is ultimately between you and the Lord because it's his money, not ours. And we all will give account for what the Lord has put in our hand. But I see Christians, I've seen Christians over 30-some years in the ministry that use this verse as an excuse not to give. Or when challenged, especially even people in leadership, we've had folks that were on our staff who were just tipping the Lord, just kind of throwing them a bone. And I'm like, that is not what a minister of the gospel does. I don't want to be the tithe police. I don't want to coerce you, but I'm telling you, somebody that's been apprehended by the gospel and by the Lord will be generous because our God's generous. And so there's an expectation here that Christians, people that have been bought with a price, will be givers. We're going we're gonna to give. But it's not a matter of whether we will give because it's expected we'll give. What Jesus is addressing is, how and why we give. And so if we give because we love the Lord and we understand it's all his stuff, if we give to bless others in Jesus' name, if we do it for that reason, and that's how we give, not blowing a trumpet, not, not tooting our own horn, not putting our name on a building, if we give in a way that honors Christ, God is honored, right? If we do it for him for the right reasons. And so Jesus is trying to say, look, here's the deal. You either give in a way that you'll get the applause of men or you do it in a way that you get the applause of God. There's really just two roads. Give in a way that everybody will go, wow, look how generous you are. Or you do it in a way that God, who sees in secret, will say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a little here. Have more. I can trust you to be a faithful steward. And so when, when we give, and if you give alms, particularly they're talking about alms here, when we give alms during uh, Lent, we do it in a way that does not put ourselves in the limelight at all. Sure, we tithe to our church, we give offerings over and above, you guys do that. But then there's alms to the poor, 
And I would say give intelligently. But when you give alms, do it in a way that God gets all the credit. And, and the payoff is this. The payoff is if you do it so you get the applause of men, you get the applause of men. But you get no reward from the Heavenly Father. And your reward will not last. Jesus says, when you give, give like this. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't do it for the applause of men. Because he says, if you give in a way that your father's honored, if you give in secret, your father who sees in secret will reward you. So that's giving. The next one is prayer. What I find interesting here in this text is that prayer is mentioned twice. Prayer is mentioned twice. Giving once, prayer twice. Giving once, prayer twice. I'm not sure why that is. Maybe some bright scholars could tell me. I think it's because it's much easier to offer a prayer than to depart from the silver and the gold that God has entrusted to your hand. The scripture says in Haggai, all the silver and all the gold belongs to the Lord. Psalm 24 verse 1 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything that is therein. But here we're talking about prayer. We're not talking about giving. It says, and when you pray, and when you pray, some people say, oh, I'm not a very good prayer. What do you mean you're not a good prayer? You know, Mary Max is not a very good talker. But as soon as I came in, I heard her voice. And my heart leapt with joy. I don't care how good she talks. I really don't. And she goes, do-dee-da-da-da-da. Or camp and row. I don't need eloquence from them. I just want them to jump up in my lap and let's have a conversation. Let's just, let's just be with each other. And so the Lord says that when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, and they may be seen by others, or that they may be seen by others. That was the thing that worried me about the guy at the airport. Because I remember this verse, I'm like, I don't want to be like a hypocrite. But then I saw his need was bigger, my, at that point at least, at the first point, I wasn't being a hypocrite. I was responding to his need. And so I realized, you know what, just like if you have a... a uh, an, an ox in the ditch on the Sabbath, you pull them out. So if you have somebody that has a, a need for prayer and it is in public, you go ahead and pray anyway. But generally what the Lord is saying, when you pray, don't be like a hypocrite. Don't stand on the corner so everybody can see you. Oh, look at me. I'm a great prayer. Aren't I, aren't I earnest? Aren't I a godly person? He says, truly, I say to you, those that do it that way, they've received their reward. That's all the reward they're going to get. People looking across and going, wow, they're really big Christians. He says, truly, I tell you, they've, they've received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who's in secret. And once again, the, 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 every, every time it says, you do it in secret, and your Father who sees you in secret will do what? Will reward you. That's, that's right out of the mouth of Jesus. You do it in secret. You do it for the Lord, not to be seen. Your reward is from the Father in heaven. And so we, really when you give and when you pray, you have a choice. Are you doing it for the applause of men or are you doing it for the Lord? Are you doing it out in the open like, look at me, what a great person I am, what a great Christian I am. Lent serves a great opportunity to go, hey, look at me. As I pray and I fast and I give and I do all these outward things. And I think it's very interesting the church through the has used this passage I think is a warning to us to not be Pharisees and not miss the blessing or the reward that the Lord wants to give us. And so we talked about giving, we talked about prayer, and look what happens in verse 7. Once again, it says, uh, when you pray, 
Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard by their many words. You guys ever been to a Christian meeting, especially in college, right? IV crew, maybe Young Life. Oh, we just praise you, Jesus. On and on and on. Lord, we just this. Lord, we just that. And da 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 Just like a Gatlin gun. You know when God speaks, when he spoke on Mount Sinai, how many words did he use? Ten. Ten. Ten words. Has the Lord ever spoken to you directly? I've had the Lord speak audibly one time. Do you know what I noticed when he spoke to me? It was very short. Very short. And so the Lord is telling us when we pray, don't, don't be like the hypocrites. I mean, again, why would you sit on the street corner or even in the assembly and go on and on and on? There are a couple of people that would we'd have prayers of the people. We had to change prayers of the people because they don't realize back before COVID, we had 500 people in here, but they thought that the prayer time was just for them to show everybody what a great prayer they were. I mean, I don't want to judge them. I can't judge their motives. I can just judge the length of their prayers. No one else had a chance even to pray. It's not the model for the church. So Jesus is warning us, one, don't be a hypocrite when you pray. Don't do it to be seen by others. But also, don't don't go on and on. Psalm 94 says, the inventor of the ear, the inventor of the ear is not unable to hear. So you you don't have to be always be the persistent widow and wear God out with your many words. Let your words be few. Spend more time in silence. Spend more time listening. Why is it we feel a need to just go to God and just tell him everything and tell him how to do things? God says, don't heap up words, words, many words. Don't be like them. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. And then Jesus gave us a model for prayer. Okay, so we have giving, we have prayer twice. Then we have fasting. I got to tell you guys, I, I'm a terrible faster. There's a, you know, and I could joke about that except for the fact that Scripture enjoins us, look the word up, enjoins us to fast. Is anybody here that really likes fasting? Now, I know some of you guys are intermittent fasting to get skinny, but that's a different reason. I can just tell you how it, we used to do fast all the time at Church of the Holy Spirit, and everybody would go around. You could just tell who was in our church because they all looked so miserable. They all looked so tired. And then I would go to Elderberry's, and it was, you know, about 4 o'clock, and I was like, well, Lord, fasting technically means you don't eat. So I'd go to Elderberry's and get a peanut or smoothie. It's only about 1,400 calories. And I'm like, Lord, it's not eating. It's just drinking. And I wasn't the only Church of the Holy Spirit person there, I'll tell you. And I felt guilty. So the next year, I had a milkshake. I didn't go back to, I didn't go back to Elderberry to let everybody see me there. I went to the ice cream store. Friends, that's a Pharisee. I'm fasting today. Let's put it on Instagram. I'm fasting. If we're going to fast, fast. If you're not going to fast, don't fast. But at least be honest about it. Right? What is, what is this taking in you know, 3,000 calories of milkshake? That's not a fast. The Lord says, when you fast, anoint your head with oil. Put a smile on your face. Don't let everybody know. Don't walk around glum. You're doing this as an act of worship. King of kings and Lord of lords, that's who you're fasting for. And if you realize who you're fasting for, you're not doing it for the church. You're doing it for the Lord. 
Then you, then you can lay off the peanutters and the milkshakes. You can do it. And the Lord says in Isaiah and in Amos, he's like, I hate your fast. I hate your assemblies. They're a stench in my nostril. He says, what I really want from you is to do justice. But if you fast, and the Lord fasted, we know Jesus fasted. If you fast, then fast unto the Lord. Don't do it to be seen by men. Oh, look at him, he's fasting. No, if you do it Jesus' way, nobody even knows. Only your father knows. It says he'll see what you're doing in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So whose reward do you want? The reward of men or the reward of God? I think it's Galatians 1.10 says, are you seeking the approval of men or of God? If you're seeking the approval of men, the Bible says, you're no longer a servant of Christ. And the last one is this, and we'll, we'll stop here. So we have giving. There's great things to do. We give and how we give, pray, we fast. And the other thing is laying up treasures for yourself. Everybody does layups. Reminds me of basketball. Everybody does layups. Everybody lays up. The question is, where are we laying up? Where are we laying up our treasures? There's two options, according to Scripture. It says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so I was trying to draw a line between giving and praying and fasting, and then the last one, which is treasures. And what I saw is when I, I'll use myself, not you, when I lay up treasures on earth, let's get a bigger house and a better car and a this, better suit and a better this and a better that. The, the question might be asked, why, why are you doing that? Do you need more? Do you need bigger barns, man? Do you need bigger barns? Why, are, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And what I realize is oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes I would do it so people go, wow, look at him. He's really successful. There's a certain amount of pride undergirding this. And so we see the Lord says, but for my kids, I don't want you to do that. I want you to have a blessing uh, that is eternal, that's with me, that will last forever. No moth's going to eat it. No rust is going to consume it. It's not going to end up in your garage or your basement where you have to trip over it or oil it or fix it. He goes, I want you to let invest the stuff I put in your hand. I want you to lay up treasures for yourself, not on earth, to be seen by men. But lay up treasures in heaven, and, and, and that will be your reward. There will be eternal rewards. Think about it. Whatever God puts in your hand, how you invest it. You'll either get, you'll get the, um, the blessing from, from men, where they go, wow, look at you, you're really successful. Or you'll get it from the Lord, right? The way you do your time, your talents, all your treasures. And so, friends, whether we're giving, whether we're praying, whether we're fasting, whether we're investing and, and laying up treasures, the question is, are we doing it for the applause of men or of God? If we go into Lent with this idea that we want people to see what good Christians we are, I want to tell you Jesus said no one's good but God alone. No one's good. Let's call the show off. Let's not be hypocrites. Let's walk in the Spirit and ask the Lord, Lord, help us to do these things because we love you, 
not so people will think well of us. I leave you with Galatians 1.10. Am I seeking the approval of men or of God? If I'm seeking the approval of men, I'm no longer a servant of Christ. And the Lord loves us so much, he's warned us in love. Get your reward from him. Let it be eternal. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.